Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Give a Buck. As always, I'm here with Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. And we've got a special guest this week. All the way from Milwaukee, we have the Bucks resident DJ, DJ Shauna. How are you doing? I'm amazing. Thank you all for having me. It's wonderful to, to meet you in, in real life off of the Twitterverse. Thank you very much for coming on. Just yeah. much appreciate you taking the time to come join us. Yeah. All right. We may as well jump straight in. Obviously, I've done quite a bit of research coming into this to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Now, I've got written down that you have done quite a lot of shit in the last well, the last year, pretty much. <laughs> it's It's been a crazy year. Yeah. You know, from the bubble, the all-star game, the Bucks in general, and you even worked at Ryder Cup. Yeah. <laughs> which I was incredibly jealous of. I'd love to have came over for that. Yeah, that was that was my first international experience um, and event. And so it literally was like an hour drive north of Milwaukee. Um, and it was it was beautiful. The course was stunning. The teams were incredible. But I will say due to COVID, there was definitely we were very U.S. dominant heavy from the fan standpoint. And so that's something that I missed out on that I hope I get to experience again in a future Ryder Cup. Must be great. I knew a couple of folks, like American guys, that went to the Ryder Cup. It, just, it looked fantastic. You know, other than the amazing. fact that obviously there wasn't a lot of Europeans there. I don't think we were actually allowed to travel at the time, were we? I don't think so. That's what that's what I I gathered in talking to, to people. Um, but there were so I forget what is the um, what's the European super fan section called again? Uh, um oh, I'm not sure. Oh, I feel I feel terrible, but um, they were they were there, but not as heavily heavily yeah. represented as as usual. But it was it was really really cool to see it, and to be honest, like it was also awesome because um, I think Europeans have fantastic taste in music, and so I love Absolutely. I love making Europeans happy when I get to play some some different music. I don't know if you would agree with that if you've seen my Spotify. <laughs> there are some very very questionable playlists on there. <laughs> I've currently got a playlist on the go at the moment that is, um, I think it's Love Really Hurts Without You, and it's like a Spotify radio playlist that follows on from that, and it's just full of 80s classics, and it's fantastic. Well, that's why it's but, wonderful. That is, yeah, you can't go wrong with 80s classics. That's actually my, the walkout music I played yesterday after the Bucks won. Was go. it where 80s, 80s, <laughs> 80s bops? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, we may as well go back a little bit in time here. Now, I can't even remember, we're in 2021, aren't we? So if we go back to the bubble. Yeah. What was it like getting to work in the bubble? Because that must have Oof. been incredibly different compared to obviously what you're doing there. It, it very much so is. And so I don't know if you're superhero nerds like I am. I'm a Marvel fan. And so I feel like this has been the blip. And so it's hard to like remember what happened before COVID or before Thanos snapped his fingers. But so that was my first season in the role that I'm in as our as the Bucks official DJ. Um, and so, you know, come, what was it like March 18th around there, 17th around there, like when everything kind of started to, to shut down, if you will, in the United States, um, was a whirlwind. So to be invited to the, to the bubble as one of the four official DJs was just such a huge honor and something that we joked about, you know, plan in preparation and planning and even being there was we were building the ship as we were literally like in it trying to survive and so I mean nothing like that had ever been done before and I didn't I mean I don't think anything like that will happen in our lifetime again um and so it was it was phenomenal once 
once we got out of that seven day quarantine, which was one of the, probably the craziest mental games I've ever like gotten through, to be honest, like in a hotel room at Disney, um, not being able to go outside for seven days was a little bit of a mental, mental test, but obviously made it through and there are worse situations, but, um, it was crazy because we had zero positive COVID tests. Like the, the NBA did it right. And so that's what nailed it. Yeah, they did. And it was just, it was really cool. It was a phenomenal community. It would like to live in the same neighborhood as Giannis and LeBron and like Russ, like you just, the list goes on to like be walking to breakfast in the morning and just be like, Hey, good morning, LeBron. Like, okay. <laughs> That's not a bad job. How did it come about for you getting invited into the bubble? Was it sort of like, also oh, you're sending picked four DJs. So was it just sort of, did they have four in mind or was there something that stood out that they came and picked you for? That's a great question, Sean. Thanks. Um, I don't, I, I, I put the all credit goes to Johnny Watson, who is um, my main point guy with the Milwaukee Bucks and everything entertainment that happens in game outside. Like he is the visionary behind all of that. And he's the reason that I got to go to the bubble. He's the reason I've been all-star DJ. Um, he's, he's worked Olympics. Like his resume just goes on and on and on. And he's, he's the guy. And so the NBA takes his advice and opinion pretty seriously. And so it's a huge honor for Johnny to, to sort of put me out there like that, have believe, believe in me and to open those doors for me. Because um, like I said, it's crazy to think that we were four DJs in the middle of a pandemic that got to work consistently in a, when the world was shut down. So there was four of us and um, you know, to finish out the NBA season in such a unique way and, and watch the Lakers win. It was, it was pretty cool. Was it was it so difficult though? Because obviously, you know, being in the bubble, you can't. You're there. I don't know. How, how, it was a couple of months, right? That that, that you guys were down there. So it, it must have been quite difficult, like mentally, I guess, as well as well in general. Yes and no. It's it is it's different when because we're so used to having to be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want, go wherever we want, and so you know you get. You, you kind of felt like a gerbil at one point, you know, like we had, we were at um, Coronado Springs, which is what the resort name. And that was like our, our bubble. And so I, I have no idea what the official mile radius is. I would just say three, but it's a three mile radius, like resort where we literally all were players and staff included across the NBA. And so I think it started with like 1200 people. And as the season went on, obviously those numbers went down and, and different groups went home earlier. So some people were only there for four weeks. I was there for almost three months, which is, you know, like kind of crazy to look back on. And so some stuff does wear on you, you know, like you, I missed my gym. I missed some certain, some, I guess just like things that, you know, a standard of living that you're sort of used to, you live in a hotel room for a while and it like, it's a little old after a while, but you, like I said, there's so many worse things, but I think, um, I, I'm, I'm single. Like I don't have family. I don't I like, like that I'm married to, um, I have my, you know, my, my immediate family, my mom and my brother and such like that. But like, there are, there were some people there, you know, you start to miss your family. Like those things like definitely weighed on people. So it was sort of a mental, a mental push. Like I was, I was in it though. Like I was, I was mentally, I was there. It felt like AAU summer AAU all over again that first day like literally walking to all three or four venues just being like oh my god like basketball is back and literally just sitting courtside and hearing these like watching 
you know, the, the guys that we watch on TV, these incredible athletes just do what they love. And it was just such a gift. Makes I mean, it, 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 it must have been a, a different kind of game to sort of DJ, right, to, to, to your regular game, because, you know, you can't sort of, you're not there geeing up the crowd because, you know, no, one, no one's there. Or on TV screens, weren't they? Yeah, no, 100%. And that was, that was where I learned a lot, to be honest, about, um, to be honest, like the bias and stereotypes that I kind of put on NBA players and what I, you know, assuming they only listen to one kind of music and I couldn't have been more wrong. And so I got really bored with myself, to be honest, after about two weeks, I was like, I can't do this for three months and like play the same type of music. And it, it was just because I, we were DJing two NBA games back to back a day. There was a stretch. I think I had um, 11 games in 12 days. So that was like one of the goofiest stretches I've ever done. And so I had to start switching it up. So everything from old school Motown, like hip hop, R&B, soul, pop country. Like I just started throwing like everything. Like there's 80s jams in there. Jimmy Butler had um, a, a commercial, a beer commercial come out that there was an Hall and Oates song. And so like it was, we were just, I just started to have fun with it. And I got a lot of positive feedback. The NBA loved it. I think the guys loved it. And so that was something that really helped sort of expand my horizon, if you will, on how I looked at my job and music in it. Cause I think music and sports are two things that bring people together. And I mean, I don't just listen to one kind of type of music. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. So it's, like you said, Sean, and, and, and as you brought up in the question, Matt, like the, there were no fans. So I literally was just playing music for them. And it was really, really fun to like be their DJ and be part of that. Did you ever get any requests from the players? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the weirdest request you got? Obviously, you don't have to say who from, but what was the oddest song or the sort of odd, oddest type of like, genre? You know, I was shocked. Um, and I, I think this was on camera and I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. So, so first of all, I don't knock any music. Like personally, I, I produced my first song. I learned how difficult it is and how much time goes into it. And so I just love music. And even if it doesn't vibe with me, I value the time and the energy and commitment and the creativeness that goes into just even putting a song out there. But um, I was shocked. It was Jason Tatum in playoffs and they're in the layup line and he like comes up and he asks for boot up, which I love that song, but like, I'm thinking it's playoffs. Like we're, you know, I know it's the bubble and there's no fans here, but boot up is a very R and B sort of like slow down song. And I turn it, I like, I was like, all right, like, sure. Bet like hundred percent put it on and they all start dancing and singing. And so it's like one of those things that you just like, all right, like I, you never know. And so it's just, it, I wouldn't say it was, you know, it just, it was surprising from like an energy standpoint because we all feel music differently. And so that was, that was really cool to be able to, again, like I have a, a couple of memories like that. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's quite a unique experience as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it really was. So, right. So you went from the bubble and then what went, it would have been, well, it's only 2021 actually. You then done the All-Star game, didn't you? The last All-Star yeah. game. Yeah. How was yeah. that? Incredible because so get home from the bubble and we started then the 2020, 2021 season <laughs> relatively fast. Like the off season was super quick. 70 and days, that, right? I think. Yeah. How many was it? 70. It was, yeah, it was like nothing compared to, yeah. Sh yeah. I think, I think it's the shortest off season in American sports ever or something. It's ridiculous. I, I, think, you, I think you're correct. 
um yeah yeah which 70 would be it's under three months yeah, obviously so but just over two months isn't it uh-huh and so we started that season with zero fans and so when you when i look back on it to be again at pfizer where the bucks play and walking into games and playing in an arena that's built for 17 18,000 people and there's nobody there again it's crazy so to be invited to the NBA all-star game and, and get a chance to go and do that in Atlanta. And again, be like in this bubble. And um, they did have fans in there. They were, I want to say they were first responders and, and, and it was, so it was very limited fans. Um, but, but it was, it was cool to hear people again at a live sporting event. And I had a blast. I got to work with um, Sir Foster, who works with the Hawks, and and Big Tigger. And so I, I um, I'm a big fan of of both of them, and watching Big Tigger on, on BET when I was you know growing up, and from a musical influence, that was like a a dream come true to to be in the in their gym in their space. And that was my first NBA All Star game, so that was pretty cool. And to be there when Giannis won the MVP, and like I play. I don't know how you watch games. Like, I don't know how much, if you hear the in arena feed, but um, one of my jobs, like when Giannis does like a Giannis move or Thanasis does like something yes. the nasty, they have what's called a stinger. Um, and Giannis's is that notorious song. Um, and so when he won his trophy and they finished announcing it, I played his stinger. And it's something to like, to this day, he still talks about, which I think it's just like, it's just like this little moment, but like to add value to their day, especially when the, you know, there weren't at full capacity, but to, to add that value and hopefully make it just a little bit of a better experience for them always makes me really happy. No, that must like, it must be incredible that, but obviously do you think you'll get to go back and do it when there's a full crowd? Is it, is it the kind of thing you think you'll be you'll be able to go back to? To the All Star Game? Yeah, I hope so. That would be that would be really cool. Um, I know we're in Cleveland this year, and I don't know what's going to happen from a crowd standpoint, but um, yeah, it's a huge honor, and it comes from the NBA. So that's it's it. To be honest, it's just something that like you look at. There's 32 NBA teams, and there's some teams have more than one official DJ, but. I'm one of three official DJs as that's a woman in the NBA. And so it really is a huge honor to be a part of it. And I just, I love being a part of these guys world. And then like the next layer is adding value to the fans, not only that like come to games, but can also hear that like in arena feed. And that's something I take a lot of pride in and it's something I don't carry lightly. So fingers crossed. We'll see. Absolutely. Obviously, you're yeah. talking about you're talking about the in arena feed. Also, we watch on the sort of NBA TV, so it's generally okay. through ballet sports. Yeah. So you can sometimes hear the music in the background, but it's quite rare that you actually hear everything that's going on. Either yeah, we get maybe my ears are just really bad and I don't hear it, but it generally you can't hear everything that's happening in, in the arena. During the during the ballet sports ad breaks, we don't uh, we get to see whatever's happening in the arena during the timeout or whatever's going on. So because it, it um, league pass doesn't cut to ads, it goes it just goes to the live feed from the stadium. So we can hear stuff every That's now cool. and then. Yeah, but quite a, quite a lot of time. I, I I think it's Melanie right who who does a lot of the uh, announcing stuff. Quite a lot is her like talking to the fans about stuff. So yeah. that, that that's what we tend to hear a lot of. But 
Okay. I was always curious because some people talk about it and I get tweets sometimes from, from, you know, like I'm watching league pass and bucks and da, 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 da. And so and I, I've never watched it because I'm, I'm working. So I was always yeah. curious on, on what, what you hear and, and see. And um, that's cool though. I like that. It's quite interesting because obviously I know that sometimes it cuts out the sound that you generally just get, or I think it's happened a couple of things for me recently where you just get the um, video. You don't get mm. the sound in between sort of timeouts and the ad breaks which is a little bit weird because a lot of it you'll see folk dancing about on the court and there's no music to go with it and it's extremely <laughs> weird to watch we're just playing a joke on you <laughs> yeah that's it it's working within I'm the here. arena there's no it's deadly silent yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is it. <laughs> make your own dance moves up off you go <laughs> that's funny <laughs> obviously we've also spoken about the all-star game the bubble what's it like in general sort of djing at bucks games it's such ah uh... I know I keep saying it, I don't mean to sound redundant, but it's such an honor because um, I was I was fortunate enough to play professional basketball. I played overseas and, and lived in Holland, England and Germany a little bit. And so to to know personally how important music is and how much it was a part of my game day and then that now be my job for people that are on a much higher level than I ever was as an athlete. It's just, it's so cool to, to be a part of that and to know what makes them happy. Like Drew yesterday was warming up on the court and I was, you know, fired up and I knew we were, we were low on some, on some guys. And so like Drew loves Michael Jackson. And so to just go into this, like Michael Jackson whole mix for him. And those are moments, like if you sometimes catch like our social, we'll get him dancing you know, and you obviously don't hear music with it because of copyright laws and stuff. But so it's just, I take so much pride in being able to do that because I think as players, you play better when you're loose. And if you like the music and, you know, some people, I don't dance, but like, if I'm feeling it, like I'll bop around and I'm going <laughs> to sing like when I was a player, but like Drew will dance and he'll moonwalk and he'll hit some, hit some moves. And like, that just lights me up. And so again, it's, I, I, I just take so much pride in what I do and to be and to know them and get to know them better and what makes them happy and what, you know, gets them ready for a game day. And, um, it's, it's so surreal and it's, I'm grateful to be a part of their worlds, like in just a, a, a small, tiny bit, because, you know, they're humans with extraordinary talents that clearly have an impact globally. And so it's, it's just, it's an honor and, and I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't stop saying how grateful I am and it makes me smile so big. So it's, it's genuine. There we go. So basically all of the gifts that the Bucks use of Jiru dancing, we have you to thank for. Oh, I don't know about all of them, but I was, I was saying there's, there's quite a few, like when Giannis is dancing, I don't know how long you've like, you know, have been a Bucks fan, but there's Giannis like doing the robot at, it was a halftime and I was playing a, a break beat. And uh, yeah, that I, like there are moments that I can tell you that like I can tell you what I played and what I did, and uh, yeah, I take a lot of pride in that. So it's it's something pretty cool that that lights me up. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> clearly we've got you to thank for for Drew's twenty six points last night because no, <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the, it was the Michael Jackson pre game that got him oh, in yeah. the mood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly working. Awesome. <laughs> So does that mean that while we're at this now, we can then thank you for the championship run as well? Because you were obviously oh. getting the players loose, warmed up, <laughs> chilled out. Oh. That's what it is. Bit of credit there. Best, best NBA D- DJ wins the, wins the championship. That's how it works. <laughs> no. It. It's, it's an honor to be, have been a part of that, but that's the part that, like, 
I don't think again, as a professional athlete that like, I could play anything to be, you know, like I could play kids bop and these guys are so <laughs> locked in and those that's the level as an athlete that I'll never be able to understand that you look at them and they are so tuned in, so locked in and um, so rote with, with what they do. And that's what makes them so incredible. And to, if I, like I said, if, if I could make that playoff run and that championship run just a little bit better for them and for our, our fans, um, then I did my job, but you, nah, like they are incredible athletes. And, and I, like, I, I would never, ever, ever take that away from them. I love to be, I love to be the soundtrack to it. And like, they do their thing. And I like to like live soundtrack it and hopefully add value, but man, that level of, of athleticism and being locked in and that mental toughness is just, it's out of this world. We were, oh, sorry, Matt, you got me. <laughs> that's that's why we didn't win in the bubble. You were you, you, you were DJing for everyone. So everyone... <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I had 22 NBA teams. I wasn't yeah. just DJing for the Bucks. <laughs> we've spoken to a couple of folk, obviously various folk on Twitter, and I've had a couple of folk on the podcast out in Milwaukee. What was it like for you through the championship run? You know, whether in work or just being in the city in general, because it must have been insane from like the start of the playoffs, building up all the way through. It really was. And it reminded me, to be honest, a lot of I'll say soccer and but like football overseas um, and what I experienced when I was over there, because it was. Numerous thousands of people that came together, and that was one of the coolest things. So I'm a Milwaukee kid born and raised. I've lived all over the world. Um, but to watch the city that I love and care about so much come together over a sport and over a game and over, you know, something that almost is bigger than us that you all believe in. We have zero control over. It was one of the most humbling, inspiring, like, like speechless, almost thing, like events to witness throughout the whole playoff run, because you look at like what happened and playing the nets, you know, KD taking that shot. Like we were literally a toes length behind away from not being you know in the eastern conference finals and it's you just look at everything you look at the freak accident and incident or injury with trey young and like tripping over a ref how badly he was injured you know and i never wished that on anybody but that's the crazy thing about sport is there's so much that's still even for as phenomenal athletes that they are there's still so much out of our control and injuries are such a huge part of that and obviously covid was is still a thing and and people on teams were, were still you know testing positive and that was influencing and affecting how um you know team dynamics and rotations and how things were kind of being handled and so there was just still so much of the unknown so to just literally be a part of it show up do my job and you're like we won another game like we're gonna play again tomorrow you know like every single day it's just like you believe it but yet it's so out of your hands and to watch it just happen was just a thing of beauty it was really incredible obviously you touched on injuries and things like that Yanis's injury against Oof. the hawks that was horrible like yeah. at, at one point i was sat thinking i was like that's it i was like this season's over i was like how can we go through from the hawks all, all of the way us through and that. play the finals and somehow come out the other end but superhuman is the only word i've got to describe him given that it is and you go back again to i think purely speculation and observation person adding personal experiences like what he did up to that moment so that he could recover so fast 
and quickly and stay healthy and then do what he did in the finals is, and that's what I'm a firm believer in the 10,000 hour theory. And I think Giannis has put in way more than 10,000 hours. And so, you know, heaven forbid that that injury was, was any worse than it was, but again, he is a superhuman that you just look at. And again, you, I didn't want to see that video, but I've seen it way too many times. I mean, you I feel like all of Milwaukee stopped breathing and it just, you just audible. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I'm grateful he's okay and healthy. And, you know, then decided 50 years later, he was going to put up a 50 piece in, in game six at home. <laughs> like you look at everything and it's a movie. It's a movie. It was. Yeah. To be fair, let's be honest. It would make a great Hollywood film. If somebody hundred percent, you know, you could take Yanis's life and go from start to winning the championship and you would have an incredible film over that. Yeah, amazing, and, what, and that's yeah. That, that that that's what's nuts about Giannis is that his life is already such a an incredible, incredible story, right? But there's still so much to go. But in terms of his, yeah, he's 27, right? His birthday the other day. Yeah, he just turned. Um, yeah. Um, and you know that's he's got so much more to write, you know, in the in the books. And he the, knows it too, and that's what I think is really cool. It's the epitome, like. He's he has obviously the talent and you know the God-given abilities, but he also has the drive, the work ethic, and the desire. And that's what's really cool and inspiring and that you look at. One of my favorite like inspirational things to look at are, are the pictures of Giannis's first year here. And he's doing um, what is he doing? He's doing like a hip raise. You know, he's like on a bench and he's got a bar across his his hips, and he's just it's a it's a, a sort of a basic basketball fundamental 101 like weight room exercise and you look at him what he looks like physically and the weight that's on that and you can see the struggle in his face and like year one and you fast forward that same exact picture I think came out like a year or two ago and it's like night and day and that alone in itself like you said Matt is just inspiring on what he's done because he's so mentally tough and he wants it I I I think the video of Giannis for me that the um you know, prove, prove sort of that sort of mental state of his is that one where he's with his mom and his dad and he's on mm. the court and he's looking up at the, oh. um, he's looking up at the, the, uh, the jerseys, right? And he's, uh, and when you consider what kind of player he was at the time um, within the rotation, you know, he wasn't really like a big piece of rotation. He, he didn't seem, or at least no one thought that he was going to be anyone at that time. Right. But he, he in his head, he knows that this is a company that, that he wants to be a part of. Right, and I know. And, you know, that, that, that sort of drive to, to go from, to just work so hard to get to where you are. It's like, when you look at, when you look at the, the top players in the league right now, I, I, I don't mean to like downplay KD or, or, or Steph. You know, they, if, it feels like at times that, you know, Steph's shooting ability, KD's shooting ability and stuff like that, that stuff that like, they've just been like given. It's like, you know, Steph is the best shooter of all time. And, you know, that's like, you know, if, it feels like he's been given it. Whereas Giannis has earned, every single piece of what he's done right well like you said in not in not to take away from them and they're incredible players and we could keep going on that list and and uh, players that are still active but Giannis's story is just so different and that's what I think makes him so special it's um I don't know it's really cool because he changed his whole family's life on a on a dream you know and their stories legit stories of his rookie season he was walking to the arena for practice and a bucks employee saw him and picked him up and he was sending all his money back home to his family and this like he's it just he it he's you know earned everything that he he has um received but 
when you look at the human, it's inspiring because he's humble. Um, but he also knows that he's now reached a level of greatness, which is deserved to, to be, I think like when you, when you can walk the walk and then you can talk the talk. And so, but he stays so humble and he's, he's such an inspiration and I love being able to, to work with him and for him, honestly, like it's, it's such a, it's so cool. So you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say how humble and how much of a nice person oh. he comes across. Like it is not forgotten where he came from. Also, there's no. a lot of folk that they get to a certain level in their career or whatever career, you know, they hit the highs and they forget where they came from. They forget the basics. It's quite clear that he has not forgotten that kind of thing. He still remembers what he started with. Yeah. He's, uh, like I said, I don't, I'm not, I'm not best friends with him. I've been fortunate to be a part of his world and, and Mariah's and, um, I'm grateful, but they are incredible humans. And it's something that I value a lot in, in people. And, um, yeah, I just, I can't speak enough good, like positive high vibes of, of Vanessa's and Giannis, honestly. And, and, and what I've, you know, experienced with both of them and they're just, they're, they're great people. They're great people. So you've got Tenacity's biggest fan right here. Yeah. I absolutely love the man. I think his energy (laughs) is just something special. It's not something I've ever seen in a sport ever where you don't even have to be playing and you can impact the game. Well, I've, yeah, I agree again. Um, a hundred percent, like his energy and what he does, not only for the team, but, um, the mental health side that was talked about in an article that Giannis did with, um, Eric at the athletic, um, is just astounding where you get to learn, um, you know, I love their relationship too. I think the, the familial ties and when you have that, and that's your brother, you know, your, he's, Thanasis is his big brother, but he takes, you know, they take such good care of each other. And yeah, Thanasis is, a, is, he's a really good guy too. Yeah, it must, must be great for them both. Obviously they both won rings, but to be, be able to do it with your brother at the same thing. Right. Must yeah. have added a whole new dynamic to that for them. Yeah. Cause um, Alex won, won the previous year with the it Lakers. Is. And so that's what all Giannis said. He's like, I just want mine to be bigger than my brother's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he definitely achieved that. Yeah, <laughs> just madness. Like the whole thing. Like I, I absolutely love tenacity. Like I got stick for it last year on Twitter for, or in fact, really? earlier this year. Like sort like, of midway through last season for saying how much I thought he brought to the team, and everyone else would look at the scoreboard and be like, ah, you know, he's put up two points. He's got four fouls. <laughs> he's bringing nothing. And I was like, but then I think it was in Brooklyn we played in the playoffs, wasn't it? Where he came on in a game and he only played like ten seconds. Yes. And it was explosive and it got the crowd absolutely riled up. 100%. I stand by that change part of that series. Yeah. He, the he, way he came out that thing. He, he came in, got a, um, got a rebound, I think, then blocked a shot and then ran yeah. around. For, and it was, it was, it was 10 seconds. And it was, it was yeah. one, of the be- it, one of the greatest plays I've ever watched. It's just Thanasi just running everywhere around the court. <laughs> Cause, cause it's, it, it's, like, it's like when you're at a family party and one of those kids steals too many slices of cake and you just see them <laughs> buzzing around the house for hours. It's like, that is him in a nutshell. 100% making everybody get up and yeah. dance and clap. And yeah. That's and it. That's... But it works because, especially 100%. when there wasn't crowds in, you know, last season when there wasn't any crowds in the arena, having him up and down the side lane. Yep. I still stand by, you were obviously there. That must have had a huge impact for the team. 
in the way that I definitely think so. I guess that, like it's like he there's his energy is unmatched and he comes in and his athleticism. So when he gets that lane to the rim, like just watch out because you know he's going not at a hundred percent. That guy is giving you every ounce he has, and he's gonna give you a thousand percent if right. possible. Um, and so like that's what you have to love about him. And obviously, like I can't even fathom what it's like to do that with your brother. And, you know, you look at the stories, them sharing basketball shoes when they were kids. And now Giannis has his own shoe line and they can get any shoe they want. Like just things like that, that it's just, it, it's, it's a inspiring, humbling, beautiful story to watch them do it together. Talking of shoes, was it the GQ article or was it the one Eric Nam where it said he basically had a closet full of shoes? And he's never worn them, never planned on wearing them, but they were there because he knows they'll be worth something in the future and he can use it <laughs> as money. I was like, it's metal. <laughs> well, Giannis also has like, uh, was it Dante's and Bobby's like card that he said that? <laughs> like, I love how playful they are. Like, I'm going to get this one autographed. This is going to be worth some money someday. <laughs> how much? All right, Giannis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh, the the, the $2,000 basketball car for Dante is really going to be the thing that, that elevates you <laughs> right. to the next level. <laughs> Hundreds of millions of dollars, but that is exactly what he needs. That's a, oh, grand. Good for him. <laughs> like, some, some of his interviews that he's done, uh, like, they always have me in stitches. Like, was it Memphis mm-hmm. who was in last season and he was sat there eating chicken wings? Oh, yeah. Doing, or the, the, or yeah. You know, the, the tweets where he was dunking Oreos and milk for the first time and his mind is just blown by the full thing. That was probably one of my favorite summers of Giannis was when he was live tweeting like all of his first American experiences, like a smoothie and like, and just watching his English grow, you know, and, and just and valuing that he was sharing this with the world and just really appreciating like his experience, like watching, you know, again, my city through his eyes was one of my favorite times was like he was eating his way through the United States and it was incredible that he was live tweeting everything. I loved it. It's just absolutely brilliant. It was just like, it's just so chill. They were like, yeah, I'll say here with my chicken wings. What do you, what do you want right. to ask? Yeah. Or the, when he was in Philly and he, he got the Philly cheesesteak, like, yeah, we just the actually wins-wins. had, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. See, y'all are on top of your stuff. We play a lot of that stuff in arena too. And it's, it's, uh, I love it. I can't get enough of the, like Giannis content and, the story he shared, I think after Thanksgiving, a kid told him about dunking his Oreos and milk and his mind was literally blown. Like that's, it's awesome. <laughs> I just thought that was like a standard thing to do with Oreos. As soon as you got a packet, you got a glass of milk and off you went. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't believe it took him until he was an adult <laughs> to know that. Cause that's not like, it, it's not like an American thing. I guess maybe yeah. like, like that's a, that's a global thing. To, yeah. <laughs> to Dunk do Oreos that. and milk. Yeah. That's I grew up thinking that all biscuits were only made so that you could dunk them in something. Whether That's was, a fair assessment, though. Whether it was Oreos and milk, digesters and a cup of tea. Yeah. There was always something that could be dunked somewhere. But, I agree, because my grandma, I did ginger snaps, and as a kid, I would even, she'd let me dunk them in her coffee. Great. Wired to the moon there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've kind of touched on it in terms of how much time you get with the team, so... Also, in normal circumstances, do you get a lot more time to sort of have a laugh and a joke with them sort of in between games whilst they're floating about the arena? Or is it sort of they do their thing, you're doing your they thing? Do, yep, they pretty much, they do their thing and I do mine and um, I'm there. So the cool part of this year is I'm back 
I'm on court until tip off. And so I'm right at half court. And so I get to see them and sometimes they'll say hi, but like, I obviously I'm doing my job, they're doing theirs. And if they want something, they'll, they'll come up and talk to me or like I said, so I, I like being back in their space and being around them, but for the most part, you know, they come in and they have their routine. I come in, I have my routine and my meetings, and then I got to start playing music. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's cool when you get to be around them. And I've really valued also like getting to know the coaching staff better too, because our coaching staff is incredible and they're just awesome humans and to, to learn their favorite music too, because they're out there playing basketball, to be honest, like even more than I, I, I mean me, like I'm not playing basketball at all right now. So they're out there closing out, like trying to guard Giannis and try to guard Chris, like when they're shooting threes and getting them warmed up. And so it's just, our organization is just really great people. And, um, I, I, I don't know how else, like, it's just, such a, it's such a, it's so such a cool opportunity to be the one in charge of the music right now. Have you ever had a request from coach Bud? I don't know why this, this idea is only just once, right there. but only once, but it was at his house. And ah, so, fair uh, it was never in arena. He's, um, given suggestions like to, to Johnny, who I mentioned earlier in regards to like how we handle, sometimes like a hot timeout. So like last night when we go on a huge run, you know, we hit back-to-back threes and then get a steal and then get a huge dunk, like stuff like that. Like when the other team will call a quick timeout. Um, but oh yeah, just at his house for an event once. I don't know why. I just have the idea of him just popping along at the side, like side of the court and be like, <laughs> I requested that song. Here we go. Yeah. Coach Bud. <laughs> Person who's got the sidelines. <laughs> so you touched on there in terms of like hot timeouts and stuff what kind of songs is it you normally get the best kind of reactions because obviously depend, depending on what the sport is over here like if you go to the rugby and they play Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond the entire stadium erupts yeah and everybody sings along but you could put like a really upbeat dancey song on and everyone will just stand there sort of twiddling their thumbs mm. like is there something in particular that works you know but- it's um I call it my my point guard feeling but so I'm not always hundred percent, but not always a hundred, but there are different crowds. And I've learned that since post COVID now, like last night, um, I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it was such a fun crowd last night and we have phenomenal fans, but there, as you know, being sports fans and having been in different arenas and venues, sometimes people just kind of just want to be, and, um, you can only like try to shove music down their throat so much. And so I've learned to adapt, which is kind of crazy. So throughout the playoffs, I'll be honest, like hot timeouts and a lot of our stuff was on a million. Like it was EDM, it was high energy, it was remixes, it was big drops. It was maybe stuff that didn't even have words, but the energy was there. You know, you're looking at, you know, like Tiesto type, like we're just going like big room festival type stuff. Um, And then there are nights, you know, we have a Monday night game and maybe it's a team that's not so great. And it's, it'll be more of maybe, I don't know, like Pitbull sing-along stuff, Usher, like that Calvin Harris type, like pop EDM remixy stuff where it still has some energy, but people will be more likely maybe to stand up and sing along versus like fist bump, clap their hands, jump around, chest bump. Like, and so, um, it's something that like, I take a lot of thought into, like, it's just a vibe that I feel as the game progresses and kind of, um, just, like I said, I'm not perfect, but, um, I try to feel that crowd out and it, it can ebb and flow. Like last night we started off, I would say in, in that latter version, it was like Calvin Harrisy, 
uh, Rihanna, more like familiar songs, I guess, whether they're 80s songs or songs that came out this year. But then as we started to make that run in the fourth quarter, things got more intense and I got to go bonkers, which I just, I love when the arena feels like it's going to explode. So that's one of my favorite things. It's, it's, it's got to be up there, right? One of the best sort of feelings is like, because obviously, I mean, I, I've, I, I've seen, um, I've seen two basketball games live in my life. And that was, uh, that was the uh, London Olympics in 2012. Um, I got, I got to see, I, I saw Spain, China, I think or something. Um, awesome. But um <laughs> like stadium atmosphere here for for like football well, or soccer is nuts like it's crazy it can really really make or break your experience of the game like how good the atmosphere is and so it's like like when, when well yeah screw it <laughs> when i come over um, I, I, I really hope that the, the crowd is, is, is really up for it. <laughs> Me too. I promise I'll do my best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let them know. Matt's in the house. We need to have a good show. <laughs> Stay on your feet for the next two and a half hours. <laughs> I've said this for years. The, so I've only been to one NBA game. And it was, I went to Brooklyn, uh, the Knights versus the Lakers back in 2013 oh, cool. when I was in New York. And it was without a doubt one of the best sporting experiences I've ever had. That's like, awesome. They, they, obviously, it was two big teams. The game was close the entire way through. I think the Lakers won it in the end, but not by a hell of a lot. But the, like the in-house DJ, the entertainers, everything that was going on, just the place was going wild the entire day. Yeah. The entire night, sorry. And I still stand by to this day. Of all the experiences I've had in Scotland and throughout Britain, that is probably up there as at least the top two. That's cool. Sporting experience. It's, just, it's mad how it happens. It really is. And, and I, that's what I value about the NBA is, is how much we do. And you talked about the entertainers. And so depending, I mean, we just had our holiday party and there's like 350 bucks entertainment network, like oh. almost like 300 to 350 from drumline to dancers and it's our grand dancers, which are, are like <laughs> amazing. Like, I know that you've seen you know, to our hip hop squad, our 414 crew, to our drum, like beats, Bucks beats and our hoop troopers, like the people that are throwing t-shirt tosses and doing all that fun stuff. Like, so there's so much thought and so much that goes into the energy that it's put into an NBA game. So I'm happy you got to experience that, but I can't wait for you to come to a Bucks game now. Oh, absolutely. I was actually, we thought we were going to be able to make a game in February. We looked at it and I had annual leave coming up in February. I was like, this is brilliant. I can get like, I think there was like three games I was like, this is brilliant. I was like, back to back. I was like, I'll get to all three. The wife will probably go to one, but we'll find stuff for her to do while I'm there. <laughs> and then she couldn't get the time off and we're devastated because I was chatting to, I think it was a Nick Monroe that runs oh, a lot yeah. of the sort of behind yeah. the scenes of the box. I was chatting to him. And yeah. he was like, whenever you're coming over, give us a shout. We'll get it sorted. And I've messaged him being like, Nick, I'm coming in February. It's good to go. And the following morning, I got wiped away from under my feet. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Nick is, so, is wicked talented. It is a lovely bloke as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to come over to a game. I just, like, like we're talking about, we've seen the atmosphere, we know what it's like. It looks like it'll be absolutely fantastic. I've, yeah, I appreciate that. That means a lot. I can't uh, wait. And I'll be the guy running about in a kilt because <laughs> I can. Uh, I, ha I have absolutely no memory of Spain, China in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I was 11 at the time. Um, and I wasn't into basketball at the time. I, I've, only, I've only gone to basketball recently. Um, 
and I have absolutely no memory of the game. So I really want to go to another one at some point. <laughs> I remember I was actually, I think around that same time, the year before I was in London, my best friend is from Leamington Spa. And so we were, we were in London and I was there when uh, the bridge was being painted and it was like every, the whole city was just getting geared up for the Olympics. And so I was so envious but that, like, I wasn't going to be there the following year for, for the games. But that's that's so cool. You got to experience that. The Olympics are on my bucket list to DJ. Oh, one hundred. Oh, I I I really hope you do because because thank you. Like the um, the, the whole spirit around. Well, I I don't know if it was a as big. In, it must have been big in Scotland, right? Oh yeah, but, absolutely. It was like it was the, going south when it happened, but the, it was amazing. The whole the whole country was like in some weird mood like yeah. for like three weeks it was in like this crazy crazy like excited mood and um, you just love your country yeah and go, going <laughs> up and it was so much bigger than any other olympics because obviously obviously in the olympics you'll get a quite patriotic but during the london ones it was incredible everywhere you walked there were flags everywhere and everything was good uh, i'd say it, it's definitely bigger than 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 england in like well like the world like world cups and euros in the in in the old in, in the football but um, yeah, I, I really hope you get to experience that. I, I imagine Thank you. it would be really fun. <laughs> well, the Ryder Cup was like, I think a sliver of it. And I don't want to belittle the Ryder Cup. And I only say a sliver because again, it wasn't a total experience from both sides on the European and the USA side. But similar to what you're saying, Matt, that was the first time like the state of Wisconsin was red, white, and blue. And it was just such a cool thing to experience to just, you know, have that pride over a sport. And it's the first time I really felt, cause I love watching the Olympics on TV and, you know, you, I, you fall in love with every sport that you don't even know is, is a sport and, you know, amongst the ones that are popular and that you're aware of and, and watching, you know, soccer and basketball and, and track and field, like the list goes on and on and snowboarding, like we can go all across the board, but then, it, the level of patriotism like just skyrockets when it's in your in your backyard it's so it's such a cool experience like you said it's just it's really it's wonderful sport is so amazing how it brings people together like that i always find myself following really really unique sports when the olympics are on whether it's summer or winter like i think it was the winter olympics a few years ago i got really into curling i, love I was curling. just gonna like, say everybody loves love curling. curling like we <laughs> all think we should be like, professional curlers <laughs> I, I was still in the royal navy based down south and i was going like back to my room halfway through the working day i was like the uk are on in the curling at 12 o'clock i need to watch this <laughs> i sat there watching and i was like i would never go home like from anything normally be like curling never walking <laughs> get me involved i want to watch that but then the olympics comes along and you'll watch anything and everything yep 100 percent. it's just like a, a dead good like feel good kind of thing though isn't it yes yeah. I asked Ben Tainai this when he was last, we had him on a couple of months awesome. ago, because obviously he does the anthem in front of everyone. Yeah. Now, I shit myself when I have to give a speech. Right? <laughs> I gave my wedding speech in front of less than 70 people, and I yeah. panicked that badly. It lasted two and a half minutes. Yeah. It basically consisted of me swearing, telling a really bad joke, and then be like, <laughs> I can't do this, I'm done. Get me a beer. <laughs> but do you find yourself getting nervous before some games? Or is it just sort of you get in the zone and huh. off you go? Um, I don't know. The nervous feeling I like, to be honest. Like I've always loved it as a basketball player. Like to me, that that's the part that makes me feel alive. That's the part that reminds me that I'm human. Um, but now uh I it's a different feeling. I would it's there. Maybe it's anxious, it's like excited butterflies. 
but not nervous in a bad way. Like nervous, like let's get this going. Like I'm, I'm ready type of situation, if that makes sense. Um, when you look at how you started the podcast, it was this last almost two years, I've been incredibly, I, I don't say this lightly blessed in what I've gotten to do in regards to work and my career. And it's not something again, that I take for granted or I carry lightly in an industry that was just demolished. When you look at just even live entertainment and live music. Yeah. And so for my career to have felt like it kind of is, is, is riding a wave right now. And then, you know, unbeknownst to me, the team I work for goes off and wins a world championship. Like, and I'm just doing the same thing. I'm showing up and working. I don't make a single bucket all year, but like it's, I tried, but um, it's, it's just, it's something that I just, I appreciate. And so I get excited. Like the finals, I remember like it was yesterday and it was such a fun feeling to go into that and know I was prepared. Um, I was like, I couldn't have been more ready, but our fans and our guys, like everybody did their part. And I know that sounds like such a cliche thing, but everybody did their job from, you know, the person taking tickets at the front door to the fans, the Bucks fans, and not just here, like that, even people that came to Milwaukee for game six, like what it was like here in that city, but across the globe, like everybody did their job. And that's how I looked at it. It was like, all we have to do is just do our job. Like we all have a job, like this is my job. And that's how I look at it now. And um, I think I've done one of the, you know, the most intense things when it comes to a sporting event to work a championship game in your own city. And the confidence it gives me in, in my job now is just, I'm so grateful for it because you can't pay for that. Like you can't create that. That's something that just kind of happens organically. And so I get excited. I get anxious and I get, I'm like, all right, let's go. It's like, it's, it's time. Like it's good, it's good nerves. If anything. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. I've got two last things to touch on to sort of yes, finish us off here. One, your bubble heads that you've got. <laughs> Thanks I for want, ordering one. More than welcome. I seen there. I was like, I need one of them. Thank you. So look at it. I was like, fuck it. I was I'm like, we'll pay the shipping. Let's go. What can we get? Here we go. That's it. So I'm going to get you <laughs> something off my Bobby Portis signed basketball. I'm just going to just bob your head every so often and just walk Thank past. you. So, so I think I'm brain saying that part of that was for charity, isn't it? When they, yes. I think it was pre-order now for February, but part of part of the money goes to charity. Yes. So um there's a backstory on all of this, if I may. So yeah, I no. also, I, um, I wrote a kid's book and it's called the adventures of Bob in downtown Milwaukee. So Bob is our late family dog and Bob was a girl, um, a yellow lab. And so Bob was my mom and my stepdad's dog. And so about four and a half years ago, my stepdad passed away unexpectedly from stage four terminal cancer. He was diagnosed and gone in about five months. And I've been a part of Bob's life since she was a puppy, since my mom brought her home the first day, all of all of those things. But while my mom and Joe were going um, and getting treatments and, you know, obviously like basically fighting cancer, I was helping out with the family dog. And Bob and I started going on walks. I live downtown in Milwaukee. And so I would just, we would just walk and it would, I, we would get lost, to be honest. It was one of the most amazing things. And then when Joe, my stepdad passed away, we would do the same thing. And it still kind of chokes me up to, it was like the best thing for me to grieve. I don't know if either one of you have lost somebody that you care yeah. about like that much. Like I, the, 
um, I have Joe's name, this like tattooed on me. Like this is oh, Joe's yeah. hand, handwriting. And, ah, and that's really cool. So to have somebody like that who influenced me, he w- he didn't raise me. He was an incredible human. He was my adult stepfather. He, he had, he and my mom had been together when he passed away would have been like 11 years. And so um, just one of those really special men, special humans. And so this whole thing sort of snowballed, to be honest, I didn't plan this into um, a book. And I'd always like talked about writing a kid's book, but it just kind of happened. And so all the, the point is all the proceeds from that go to Key to Change, which is to help our chronically homeless families and individuals within the city of Milwaukee. Um, and so it was something that my mom and Joe were really passionate about. And I, to be honest, like jumped on board because it made them happy. It was something they cared about. And that, that I started to care about because they did. And so any opportunity that I get, and so the National Bobblehead Museum like approached me with this idea, which was such a huge honor, like with the bobblehead and like never thought about this. Like, it, you know, it's just one of those things that like, it makes me giggle to think like, and it was such a fun process to go through, to be a part of like helping design it and all these things and to, to make it feel like, um, you know, like, yeah, that's me. Um, and so when they said that, you know, like there's $5 that you do whatever you want. Some people donate it, you know, you could pocket it. Like it's your likeliness, whatever. And I was like, I'd love to donate it and continue to, to add on to, to what I'm doing already with the book for key to change. And so it means the world because uh, every dollar helps. And, um, you know, especially after a pandemic and, and watching how it's affected people and, and, so many people and you just never know and homelessness is sometimes just like one check away um and so to just do my part hopefully a little bit and maybe i can cut you know bobble all over the world now and and make a difference in in my city i say just get you in different little countries now but no that's actually quite a touching story when you put it like that obviously because i dragged into the results i chatted element to it also it didn't go into quite as much steps as that yeah thank you thanks for asking and the fact that you get your own bobblehead, I think that's just a winner. Right there. That, that's like a dream, isn't it? it? It really is. And I don't know how, how much you follow, you know, sort of like Midwest or Milwaukee, but there's another, he's a friend of mine, Charlie Barons, who I think is a hilarious comedian who um, he's very Midwest guy and he's awesome. He's actually a New York Times bestseller right now. Oh, wow. He has a book on the New York Times bestseller list. And so Charlie also has a bobblehead. And this is the first time I'm publicly challenging him to outsell him. Um, but so, but Charlie's killing it right now. His first round already sold out. Like, like I said, he's a New York Times bestseller. And so I just we, like, we can I change like up. We, we, we can start like a Twitter thing now, can't we? And see how many folk we can get on board with this. Yeah. I want pressure, to beat Charlie pressure, in folk, pressure folk into it. <laughs> you will buy one you will buy a bobblehead and you will like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you will use it <laughs> it won't just sit in a cupboard um it's <laughs> a great idea um the second one is you touched on it earlier was you said that you produce your own song which yeah. i've actually listened to quite a few times i'm a big fan of it thank you i quite like it i've got that's part of one of my playlists i appreciate that that means the world oh, i'm saying like was... it was a hundred thousand unless i'm reading this wrong it's got over a hundred thousand um streams on spotify I haven't. Holy shit! That's the first time I heard of it. Don't get me wrong. I could. Uh, don't, no, don't quote me on this unless I'm. I can look wrong. it up right now. But we I've could got look it, it up. It's one hundred thousand three hundred. Uh, I'm really struggling <laughs> with my numbers here. I'm gonna fucking hell. No, you're doing great. It's um. So it's crazy because I just got a new phone, and so I'm like logged out of everything, but I literally just logged back in, and I can tell you, I, I mean, 
Uh, I don't want it to. I'm going to be really disappointed if You're I get right. it wrong. No, it is exactly that. It is exactly that. A hundred thousand three hundred and four. Oh my gosh. Well, there you go. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm responsible for at least three of them. Ah. I appreciate that. That that literally means the world to me, seriously, because uh, that song was written in the middle of a pandemic and it's my first original song. And uh, I put a lot of me into that. And so like you're getting I'm a feelings person and I like yeah. to make people happy. And that means the world. So thank you very much. I, I was bopping along to it in the car. I was taking the dog to my mother-in-law's earlier. I was like, I can have a party on the way back. It's like a 20 minute yeah. drive, get the tunes <laughs> turned up. I was like, here we go. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me happy. So hopefully yeah. that's one of many. So that's what I say. I take it you got plans for more to come out then. Yeah. That's the plan. It's um to be honest, it's a it's a time management thing. And it's uh it's tough in the middle of an NBA basketball yeah. season. And I spend a lot of time and energy there and then other events, you know, whether they're private or corporate stuff that I do. So I have to make it a priority, but things like this really inspire me. So I'll, I'll keep making some more some more bops, hopefully. Oh, happy days. <laughs> I was I was saying playing about on your website earlier on. I was seeing that people can actually request like mixes to get put together. We've had an, a couple of, um, yeah, like so different events, especially when things had been virtual or I've done stuff for um, walks, if you will. So we, we tried to get a couple of people. I can't remember which walk it was for, but to uh, instead of getting together during COVID and walking physically together, just saying like, you know, get your walk done and here's a mix um, to, to walk Great to. Show. It was kind of a cool, cool thing. And I love when people give me like, here's the vibe we're looking for. Um, I also love when people are like, we trust you. So I like either way. And so it's a, it's a cool thing. It's a cool opportunity to be a part of things that if like, you know, it's when you look at stuff, so it's more expensive to have somebody come in person and DJ. Yeah. So a mix is a little bit more feasible and, and doable. And so it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a cool way to, really to put cool that idea. out there. Sometimes high school teams need them for their warm-ups and things like that. So, yeah. There you go. Well, that's cool. Um, I don't think I've got anything else written down here unless you've got anything to add in, Matt. Um, the, the, there is one thing I, that, that, that I didn't I want to know. I can see it. Because, oh. because, because, because I was, uh, I was, I was just reading it and um, I saw uh, that you had performed at a festival. Yeah. If I'm not right, uh, uh, and it was uh, for well, w- well, I mean, first of all, w- what was that like? I guess I mean that m- m- must have been incredible because, uh, but also uh, there's something about for, it was it was for Lizzo, right? I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know if it was okay, for Lizzo. I didn't, that was, okay, it, I that's where I'm going. Yeah, well, yeah, I've had, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so we have what's technically called the world's largest music festival here in Milwaukee. It's called Summerfest, huh. and I think a way they define largest so i always give the stipulation on this it's not necessary because there's so many festivals now but summerfest has been around for quite some time which is really really cool and so this is something else i would put on your bucket list if you try to like wrap in like bucks season it's usually it's in july though so now you would you'd miss it yeah so like that's just have a long that holiday only, that's fine. only over covid year but, bucks have got um, to make a bucks got to make a long a long playoff run again right. <laughs> nice <laughs> But um, so that was, oh, 2019, I think. And it was, it's, you talk about like being up there and top like one, two, th- I wouldn't even go lower than that of DJ experiences. It might be my favorite. Um, the It was over 10,000 people. And uh, I get, yeah, I got to open for Lizzo and it was, it was the year that she just was 
just popping off everywhere and Summerfest signed her. And so the way um, Summerfest is set up is I think there's 11 stages that are like, they, we call them quote free. You pay a general admission, which is like 25 bucks and you can walk around and you hear Lizzo for free. Granted, you have to then, you don't have a guaranteed seat, but you get to hear Lizzo for free. And so it's a really cool space to where Summerfest just curates this festival. It's every kind of music you could possibly imagine from alternative and country to hip hop, to pop, to DJs. Um, I've seen, uh, that's where I saw Tiesto, like in the front row with Steve Aoki, like just, I got caked, uh, <laughs> like just amazing, amazing stuff. And so they curate, it's just, a, it's phenomenal because again, I literally can walk from like Rage Against the Machine and come in here Nelly. And so it's just, it's astounding. It's brilliant. Um, and so I got an opportunity to open for Lizzo and I, to answer your question, it was mind blowing. And I, I don't know. I get uh, why DJs get egos a little bit because like you raise your hand and people go bonkers. And so I really love that stuff. I love being able to, to have the relationship I have uh, with Summerfest. Cause then this last year I got to open for Shaq. Um, so Shaq is a DJ. So he goes by DJ diesel and I got to hang out with him and I'm surprised you didn't see this to be honest on Twitter because he took my Giannis Jersey, which looked like he was holding like a doll Jersey like my, I wear a large in jerseys. Cause they're like, so like I'm a medium normal, like, and like this hoodie's a medium, but my jerseys are a large and he has a large Jersey in his hands that literally looks like it's a post-it note Jersey. Like he's just like, like the man is just larger than life and incredible, but that was at Summerfest as well. And so um, that just gives you the range of it. And so it's, it's incredible to be a play in front of that many people. And to be honest, it's something I kind of dream of doing more. Yeah, because well, festivals are quite big here, I guess. For like, for like I know, but um, but like twenty five pounds, well, twenty five dollars, I guess. But that's that's an amazing price for, for that kind of festival. Because that's what I'm thinking. Because tea in the park, when tea in the park was in Scotland, right, was like two hundred pound for the weekend camping. Yeah, tea. it's it, it's it's two hundred pound. It's two hundred fifty pounds for uh for for the Reading weekend ticket. And Reading's, I mean, other than Glastonbury, which sells out instantly, and is probably more than that. Reading's probably the the second biggest festival in the UK, right? I'd say, or well, Reading Leeds. But I mean, the the names that you were saying, that's like that's what Reading is. <laughs> those are those are your headliners. So for twenty five dollars, that's a that's a bargain. <laughs> it's like I said, it's crazy, and it's such a cool thing to be a part of. And they changed the format. It used to be like eleven or twelve days consecutively, and then this last year they kind of went to more of what every other festival is doing. So it's now three weekends. So it's Friday, or excuse me, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for three weekends. And wow. so they're keeping that format. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been amazing. I mean, I love Summerfest. I love the live music that we have here. And I mean, we are dealing with like 50, 55 mile per hour winds today. And like when winter hits here, it's, it's, it's pretty Ooh. cold, but like in Milwaukee in the summer, that's like when you want to get all the visitors here, and it's real nice. <laughs> come, get, come get a gig for twenty five quid, and you come. There you go. A great way to keep you. I'd never go home if that was the case. <laughs> but well, I think we'd we'll... be lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. But we'll definitely give you a show when we're over. But thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute blast. I think this might it actually be been. the my most favorite recording we've done so far. Well, thank really you both, this seriously. Thank you. Thank you. You both make my heart happy. I'm big fans of yours. And um, I look forward to having you in Milwaukee and seeing you at a Bucks game. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs>